hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And also interviews with comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And now, here's your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast soundcaster, Mark... Thank you, Bill Haywatt, and season's greetings to you, and to our engineer Joe Polino. Hi, Joe. Our booth assistant, Kenny Turgis, and Succotash musical director, Scott Carvey. And, of course, our co-host, Tyson Saner, with whom it is my esteemed pleasure to share the every other weekly hosting duties on this here soundcast. We couldn't do it without our talented, hardworking crew, all working for peanuts, literally peanuts because that's all we can afford since we'd have no paying sponsors you can venmo us a donation if you like for whatever amount you'd like a dollar two five bucks more totally up to you but if you venmo it to me mark hershon at hershko h-e-r-s-h-c-o it will be used for offsetting our production and hosting costs and that's no small potatoes I can also kick Tyson a few bucks because he deserves it, so we won't say no to Venmo. I mentioned Tyson Saner. If you happen to miss last week's Epi 333, he was in rare form, fresh off some well-earned vacation time over Thanksgiving. He served up a quartet of clips from such shows as Tough Drafts, The Crazy Life, Barnes Brenner and Fitzgerald, and The Bitter Sound with old pal of the show, Davian Dent. You can still grab yourself a big handful of Succotash episode 333 wherever finer soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. And that's a list that includes Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Audible, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Amazon Music, PodBay, Podchaser, and at our SuccotashShow.com home site, where we have not only that episode, but all the other ones dating back almost 12 years now in the Succotash archives. As for this week, my season's clippings episode, I'm featuring a fivesome of fine feathered clips from the soundcast's Hey Riddle Riddle, Jordan Klepper Fingers the Conspiracy, Man Thinkers, our old friends over at the Salty Language Podcast, and an old friend with a new show called Fandom, the podcast. In addition, we're putting aside those freebie spots from Henderson's Pants this week to bring you word about something truly new, unique, and wonderful. It's our own Bill Haywatt offering his master class on master classes. We'll have word on that in just a few minutes, so stick around. We're available at the App Store and on Google Play. I had pretty much pulled all the clips together for this episode and was getting ready to record when I happened to have a text exchange with a couple of old friends of mine from my sketch comedy days in North Hollywood and a group called Fries on the Side. Kenny Stevenson and Dorian Davies have been special guests on Succotash way back when, a number of years ago when they were visiting in San Francisco. Anyway, we were texting about something or another, and Kenny mentioned that he and another old chum, Alex Enriquez, had just started a new soundcast. Kenny used to co-host a sports soundcast called Knuckle Sandwich. Great title. But that's been down for a while. 
So he and Alex have started a new show right up my alley as they cover a lot of super nerdy pop culture territory. And I just got this clip in under the wire for this episode. The show's called Fandom, the podcast from the Fan Controlled Network. And their most recent episode talks a lot about the new Willow streaming show on Disney+. Plus. You hear that they're going to make a TV show out of Willow and you, you go, okay, well, there's, there's a world there. I thought we I thought we did the thing and saved the world and you know killed the baddie or whatever. Um so there's like they have to kind of generate some stuff. And I think uh, yeah, they've done a I'm glad you a, said that that's what I want to talk about. I think they've done a good job of generating the stuff. I I again I like the world that they're in. I like the rules of it. Um I do like sword fights and high fantasy stuff. Um I like that they're Frankly, they're being pretty nakedly diverse with their casting and their story choices and everything, which I wow. think is also like that's another strength of fantasy. It's an, and it's specifically a strength of Willow because again, it doesn't have all this history to it, so people can't complain. Like Tolkien never meant for there to be black dwarves. It's like it's very, <laughs> it's very blank slate that they can just build off of, and and. I, I really appreciate what they've done so far. I could use just a little bit more of the like the big action magic fantasy stuff. I'm not so interested in like romance between teenagers. Yeah. So but that's just me personally. Yeah. So that's kind of where like so to kind of like set the table for where we are. And I do think you're right. I do think what they what this show has set out, there's a couple things that are taking me a little bit of time to adjust to. And um, the one thing is that I just, like I, j you get early on. So we get some characters from the jump in the first episode. We see um, Joanne Wally, who is back as um, Queen Sorsha. Well, she's queen now. She was Sorsha in the first one. Now she's queen. Is she still Wally Kilmer? No, she's just Wally. Oh, so for those of you who don't know, Joanne Wally, who played Sorsha in Willow, and Val Kilmer actually eventually became married, and they have two kids. And I was the person who they cast to play Mad Mardigan's son, Eric. His name is Dempsey Brick. I was like, that's got to be Val. <laughs> yeah. His name, Dempsey Brick. Or no. Dempsey B-R-Y-K. I have the IMDB up. I'm, prepped. I, no, I'm prepared no, I today. I believe I believe that you have the IMDb up. I believe that you were looking at his name and reading it out loud. I don't believe that that's actually it. I just can't. That is, that is his name. I have to remember you haven't seen the third episode, so I got to make sure I don't give anything away. But um, Rick, what's his name? Ricky Cinderblock. Yeah, Dempsey Brick. I but know. the thing, he he looks like Val Kilmer. I don't they I don't know how they found this kid if they grew him in a test tube or what, but he looks so much like him that I was like you get it. You get so the first people we meet, we meet Queen Sorsha, we meet uh Kit and we meet Eric and then we also meet Jade played by Aaron Kellyman who is in was in Solo and was in uh she was one of the the main flag smashers from Falcon and Winter Soldier. So she's just, oh, yeah. she's just racking up that Disney IP. Just racking it up. And I saw, and I actually thought the same thing when I saw her in this, and I was like, like honestly, because I think she's a she's a good performer. But I, whenever I see somebody that is clearly just in their in that Disney sphere has been like has been brought into that fold, I I go like, oh, good for them. Oh, totally. You know? no, and she's and she's great. <laughs> and so we meet these these younger people, and we learn that it's 
which is confusing me at first because so the 88 is when the movie came out and it's now 2022. So do the math. We're at like 34 years since the movie came out, but the show is only taking place 20 years after the movie. So that took, well, because they got one look at how Joanne, Wally had aged and went, nobody's going to believe it's been 30 years. Oh, she this looks woman incredible. Is, it's like, bring it back. It's 20. It's only been 20 years. She's aging too slowly. Well, Warwick Davis, too. I mean, for a man I, I mean, who I, was like 16, 17 when they were shooting the movie, and he's like... I mean, I, I just I just put very silent... I put the movie Willow on in the background just to have something going, and there was just a close-up of, of Warwick Davis's face. And you're like, oh, that is a baby. <laughs> that yeah, person is so a little, ch- is a child. There's a sample from Fandom, the podcast, available on Spotify, Anchor.com, and a few other places like Podbay, where I was able to download the show. We're scheduling Kenny and Alex to be guests on Succotash in the very near future, too, so watch out for that upcoming episode. One of the best forces for pseudo-journalism goodness has got to be Jordan Klepper, who's been a fixture on Comedy Central's The Daily Show for years. He's got a six-episode limited-run soundcast under the Comedy Central banner called Jordan Klepper Fingers the Conspiracy, where he, quote, digs deep, unquote, into some of the wildest MAGA theories he's heard, and, according to the show's description, quote, traces their origins with journalists, experts, and anyone who might have a lead on when JFK Jr. is coming back. The Soundcast offers an opportunity to better understand some of the most extravagant stories Americans tell themselves, unquote. In Epi 5 of the series, Jordan wades deep into the history and mystery that is Hunter Biden's laptop. Here's a sample. The Hunter Biden laptop saga is a fantastical right-wing reverie concocted during the 2020 campaign by Rudy Giuliani, Donald Trump, and of course Fox News, which means it's inevitable that I heard the words Hunter Biden laptop constantly at Trump rallies, even if the people there didn't exactly know what it is. You can see on, you know, Fox and and One American News about the uh, the laptop, the Hunter Biden's laptop, and then uh, all the corruption taking money from the different countries, you know, from Russia and China, then Joe Biden would do whatever these countries needed. Well, what did he do? Well, he, what, either what he did or did not do. What didn't, what did he do? Well, it's yet to be determined exactly what he did. I saw pedophilia in China, something like that. Do you believe it? I don't know. We see about like the, the Hunter Biden scandal. What exactly happened with that? I think they, they found a laptop that had, you know, emails Who did? in. Um, it was the FBI. They found a laptop right. with like emails and pictures of, you know, Biden talking with like Ukraine and China about business deals and stuff like that. And Which was, Biden? Uh, Hunter Biden. Then did something happen? I mean, consp- the conspiracy theorists would say that it's Joe Biden and Hunter Biden communicating with, you know, outside countries on business deals and stuff like that. Are you calling him a conspiracy theorist? That's <laughs> just what he said. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's help these private investigators out a little bit. Joining me today is Andrew Lawrence, the Deputy Director of Rapid Response at Media Matters for America. Basically, that means he watches Fox News all day. Andrew, thanks for being here to talk about the laptop from hell. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to uh, finger this conspiracy with you. Oh, it sounds sexy when you say it. it. Thank so you. Hunter Biden is sexy. It's a sexy top. He is. He is a sexy man. He's all <laughs> over. Uh, if, if, if you're into pinup dudes and Fox News, he's your guy. Uh, I want to jump into it because House Republicans are about to become the majority. 
and they've announced that they're going to investigate Hunter Biden. So let's start with just establishing who Hunter Biden is, because some of the things Hunter Biden has done are probably not very becoming of a son of a public official, like using the Biden family name to make foreign business deals. Is that a good place to start? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's fair to say that um, Hunter Biden is, you know, he's essentially a fail son, um, I, I think. Um, he's he's had a lot of tough things happen to him in his life. You know, I think that uh, it's it's fairly well known Joe Biden's uh, history of tragedy with uh, I, I believe it was his wife dying in a, in a car accident. I know Hunter was involved in that. And, and, um, and you know, that's something that's going to affect you. And then. Uh, his brother, Beau Biden, as well, uh, passing from from cancer not all that long ago. Um, and that's sort of when, according to what I've seen, his, his tailspin really began. Um, but, you know, I, I think, like, you're right. Like, it is fair to say that that there is there, there's some questionable things there that Republicans and right wing media are trying to, to glom on to this as some sort of giant scandal that's going to bring down Joe Biden and the Democratic Party is uh, is a little bit ridiculous. And I mean, there, there's so much to get into the weeds here. Uh, you know, you, you got into it a little bit with that, that nobody's really even seen this laptop yet. Um, and here we are with months and months. What's it been like two years now since this first came up? I mean, I think it is, it is fascinating. What, part of the reasons we wanted to cover it, one, I'm running into people on the road and it's always a go-to, Hunter mm-hmm. Biden. And more often than not, the stuff that I run into with people on the road, what is the Dodge? What is the quickest thing you can grab a hold on to? It's easy to say Hunter Biden laptop. It's harder to say what Hunter Biden's laptop contains. But I think it is fascinating because I also think on the left, the left is trying as hard as they can not to address what is potentially on this laptop and some of the allegations, which are some some dire allegations. With only one more episode to drop, which will be this week, you'll want to jump back and follow Jordan on his adventures in MAGA land. Hopefully, Comedy Central will re-up this show because we need to know more. Taking a break from his voicing of Henderson's pants ads, our booth announcer Bill Haywatt steps up to impart some of his valuable hard-earned knowledge other than his important work in our Drinking with Bill segments, to not only teach you, but to get his ex-wife Trixie off his back. Bill? Have you ever seen one of those ads from someone who is offering to teach you a master's class in whatever the hell subject they're supposed to know all about? (laughs) Hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here with an exciting opportunity for those of you who already know how to do something and have always wanted to make money passing your knowledge along to others but didn't know where or how to start. It's the Bill Haywatt Masterclass for Masterclasses. These techniques don't rely on what the subject matter might be because, well, the basics of the masterclass are always the same. Over the course of eight weeks, I will be teaching you how to look right into the camera and sound as if you are the world's God-given authority on, well, whatever the hell topic you might know something about, whether that's directing children's theater or producing a snuff film. Each lesson starts with me pontificating for a good 20 minutes about me and how I have mastered the art of the masterclass. And then, well, we just get right down to the brass tacks of it all, starting with you completing a multiple choice quiz about my career, and then an essay section where you describe what your miserable life will be like if you can't pick up the simple tools I lay out for you in my curriculum. And the price for this masterclass 
is not as steep as you might think. That's because once I learned I was going to have to turn 90% of the profits of this thing over to my third ex-wife, Trixie, I suggested kicking things off with a bargain cut rate price. So you, my friend, will be learning what I know, the tips and tricks from my years of vast experience distilled down to just 60 one-hour classes for mere pennies on the dollar. So get smart and get hopping to get started today on Bill Haywatt's Masterclass for Masterclasses. Three easy payments of $39.95. That's $39.95 is all it takes. And we'll get started just as soon as we get your money. Just submit cash, check PayPal, money order, or Bitcoin. <clears throat> no, wait a minute. Uh, not, not Bitcoin at the moment. Thank you. We'll get back to you about that. To the address at the bottom of your earbuds. This is Bill Haywatt imploring you to be the master. 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 I'll be the first to admit this. Some soundcasts do get past me. Maybe I'm not paying attention, or maybe it's because there are a couple hundred thousand of them out there now. But I'm really ashamed to fess up to missing Hey Riddle Riddle, mainly because it's hosted by a trio of improv and sketch performers, and those are my people. Adai Rafay, Aaron Keefe, and John Patrick Cohen are Chicago-based, and they've been doing Hey Riddle Riddle for at least four years now. Out of HeadGum Studios, their home site only has shows through their fourth anniversary show, which dropped this past August 27th. But there are still fresh installments coming out, available on Apple Podcasts and other places I just saw last week's uh, available. So they're still in operation. But what is Hey Riddle Riddle for those of you who, like me, are in the dark? Their show's description on an Apple Podcast reads, quote, riddles, puzzles, whodunits. Adai Rafay, Aaron Keefe, and John Patrick Cohen, three of Chicago's most overrated improvisers, are on the case to solve every riddle, puzzle, brain teaser, and head-scratcher known to humanity. Some riddles are almost impossible, some are absolutely improbable, and some simply have not aged well. And if you don't like riddles, don't worry. This podcast is barely about them. <laughs> All right, here's a poll from their fourth season finale episode where they get into guessing movie title mashups. All right, so these are 10 movie mashup riddles. I'll give the synopsis of a brand new movie created by mashing together any two movies or shows. The answer is formed (laughs) by mashing together the two titles. Okay. Hell yeah, this is exciting. Yes. Okay. Aaron, are we allowed to use knowledge that we have from outside of the game to solve these riddles? No. Damn it. Aaron, you have, I'm resetting these... you as little babies. <laughs> Aaron, will any of these be adult films? I think they all are going to be. <laughs> if you okay. work in that industry, we're about to give you 10 fresh, hot, new names. Juliet, okay. Juliet Louis-Dreyfus uh, with LL Cool J. That would be Veep Goat. <laughs> Is it the movie Veep Goat? Okay, I don't want to look at your search history <laughs> ever. Remind me to never, ever, ever go on your computer. And Every remember, time I'm about you... to go on your computer look, to look something up, <laughs> I want you to knock it right out of my hands and onto the floor. And if you want to protect yourself from uh, weird searches, use Veepcoat. Veepcoat. A VPN and also a goat. A board. <laughs> the vice president's a goat? That does sound like a kid's movie where it's like a Disney Plus movie. Yeah. Like, the vice president's a Poor goat. Poor Tyler right now is thinking, wow, they're about to do my riddles and then they keep not doing them. And I just want to hear my riddles read on the show. We're getting to them. We're getting to them, Tyler. Okay, a golden retriever descends on an umbrella to use magic in a song 
to help two British children and their busy father discover there's nothing in the rule book against family. Airbud Poppins. Lassie. <laughs> Airbud Poppins. Ted Lassie. Oh, I'm frozen. <laughs> I'm frozen in happiness. Give me bad news quickly. I'm too happy. Give me bad news. Uh, Jay yeah. Leno just died. Air- bad news, Adult. Bad news. <laughs> <laughs> A uh, goat's the vice president. A uh, bad news, Adol. Bad news. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so I, you have to yeah, combine Mary, the Mary names. Poppins, it's not just... Mary Poppins and Airbud, right? Yeah, but how do Is you say it? Airy Poppins. No. A i r y. Airy Poppins. Mary Buttons. Mary Poppins. Puppies out of that. Mary Airbuddy Poppins. Mary Airbuddy Poppins. Okay. Mary Buddy Poppins. Like Mary Buddy Poppins. So all the answers to this will be. Strokes. Well, yeah. no, 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 no. Is, is air is? I I thought they were like one word combined into the second word, but that was one word like turduckened into in the middle. Yeah, in yeah. the middle. Mm-hmm. So they is that all of them will be in the middle, or they can be in the middle. They can be. Okay. Okay. They okay. Can be. Laura so Tyler, the- you didn't fuck up there. That's not on you. No. Don't feel bad about that one, Tyler. <laughs> That's on me. That's on me. Laura Ingalls is about to get a little wilder. Girls gone I- wilder. Nope. When a golden retriever joins her family's Midwest adventures. Air Bud on the Prairie? Little little house on the Air Buddy? (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Little house on the Air Buddy. Are these all all Air Buddy? (laughs) There's no rules that said a girl on the prairie can't play basketball. You're so close. Little house. Little house on the Prairie Buddy. Yep. (laughs) Nice. Prayer Buddy. (laughs) I'm I'm crying. Okay. Here's the next one. These are all going to be Air Bud. You don't know that? (laughs) <laughs> a young man is sent from West Philadelphia to live with his wealthy golden retriever Fresh of in their buddy. massive doghouse. <laughs> Fresh Prince of Bel Air, bud. Hey, Riddle Riddle is a great place to pick up party icebreakers, conversation starters, or just to listen to a trio of improvisational sketch performers looking desperately to let some of that madness out of their brain pans. If you've been a listener to this soundcast for any appreciable length of time, you know that both Tyson and I do have our favorites out there in soundcast land. So we occasionally show them a bit more love than some of the other shows we feature. Tyson just played a bit from our chum Davian Dent from England, for instance. I often talk with Jabs, also known as Jason McNamara, down in Australia. And other folks like Hunter Block from Antisocial Show, Ethan Dettenmeyer of Combat Radio, Ed Wallach from the hiatus Don't Quit Your Day cast, and Travis Clark from, originally, Tiny Odd Conversations. A few shows retweet our shows religiously, like the Jock Doc podcast and I Shake My Head with Lisa and Sam. So I want to do them a solid and recognize their place in our Soundcast Society, too which is why we're featuring a clip this episode from a recent installment of the Salty Language Podcast. Hosted by Tony and Brian, this show's been around probably as long as Succotash has been, slugging out the episodes one after the other. The show's simple description on their home site reads, quote, a soundcast about pop culture, living life, and anything else in our tiny brains. Unquote. And I changed podcast there to soundcast, and I added the unheard Oxford comma just before anything else. So there. This clip is about one of the guys having made it to his first in-person medical checkup since COVID started. Geez, I went to the doctor on Monday. Yeah. First time since COVID. Oh, boy. So he had to go elbow deep, didn't he? <laughs> no, but um, 
his young apprentice did get to see my balls, so that was exciting. Oh, that's always I love when they do that. When they, you yeah. go in and they're like, "Oh, do you mind if this person gets to see your nethers up close?" Like, yeah, like this is not a massage parlor, so no. <laughs> Well, they're like, oh, do you mind if, you know, he brings, because it's the first time I've met this. That's always weird about a doctor, too. Yeah. Like, hey, we just met for the first time. All right, let me see your dick. Dude, <laughs> you know? well, you know, it's funny. Like, the first time I went to the urologist was like that. And it's like, listen, I understand it's a urologist, right? That's the yeah. area they're dealing with, okay? But I'm just, we're just casually talking and we're blah, blah, blah. And I'm telling him how I think I have low testosterone and all this. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. And he's, you know, like writing on this chart. And then he turns and he's like, okay, drop your pants. And I'm like, what, what? And he's like, drop your drawers. He's like, underwear too. And I'm like, and he's like, and stand on this stool. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and it was seriously so that my, my junk would be like, <laughs> I height for him. <laughs> yeah, stand on my dick stool. It was. It really was. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, you know, no time to even, you know, present yourself really. You know, I mean. I know. Like, let me, let me like fluff this up a little like, bit. Do you have a, yeah. It's like, do you have a comb in a mirror? I mean, I, you know, I want to look my best here, but. Yeah, no, that's basically what happened to me. They're like, oh, do you mind if he brings a student in? I'm like, I don't really care. <laughs> I wasn't sure what was going on, you know. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was some pleasant young lady that got to experience 43-year-old balls. <laughs> so I hope she enjoyed them. I'm sure they're not the first ones she's seen. So, Probably not. You know. Probably not. But it is it is very strange when that happens. And it's like, you know, you understand. It's like, yeah, whatever. It's a clinical thing and all that. But it was, I, Yeah, it's, I mean, I, but it's still, honestly, it's I'm weird. at the point now, I just don't care. Right? But it's <laughs> still know? weird when you go to the doctor's office and they were just like, hey, let me see your junk. You know, you're just like, wait, what? Like, because it's not something you do every time you go. Like, you know, they're like, hey, let me check your nose, your ears, your throat, your balls. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your lower throat. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, your star keister. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God okay. Damn it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, although in fairness, we are near that age to where those things do probably get checked more frequently, but Oh, for sure, right? You know, at the same time, it is it is just a weird thing when that just my thing was just like how casual the doctor was about it, you know. Well, well, here's a got me of mine is, you know, after he he cuffs and checks and pokes and prods. Sure. He just grabs his mouse and I'm like, dude, <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. His mouth smells like, like onions your, now. Now your mouth smells like my mouse. <laughs> Wait, are you calling your undercarriage a mouse? <laughs> sure, whatever. I, I meant more like this. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, so that was a little weird. But That would have been hilarious if you said it, though. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Well, you know, hindsight is always yeah. 20. Especially if the doctor's like, <laughs> afterwards. There's a taste of the Salty Language Podcast. Check them out. And thanks for supporting Suckatash, guys. We love you. It's hard to tell if the attitude of the hardcore male chauvinist is on the run or just biding its time. I'd like to think that kind of backwards attitude that men have towards women is being eclipsed by something more forward-thinking, but whatever the case, it's a way of thinking that soundcasters are having fun ripping on in a variety of ways. One of those is an iHeartRadio production, a show called Man Thinkers, featuring George Collins and Dan Finkelstein. Here's how the show is described over on Apple Podcasts. Quote, Man Thinkers is a podcast where the facts... Dot, 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 
are up for debate. For decades, the lamestream media has prevented real men from sharing their knowledge. On Man Thinkers, there are no degrees and no rules. The hosts aren't impressed by run-of-the-mill, quote, experts, unquote. Man Thinkers is a new space populated by iconoclastic thinkers, academic renegades, and media personalities that sound unlike anything else. Cable news is for the old, and social media has become too toxic to trust. George and Dan courageously have the tough conversations that mainstream media won't touch. Man Thinkers is a safe space from safe spaces. Nothing is off limits. Well, in a recent episode that dropped back on November 24th of this year, George and Dan had two women on the show, Liz Plank and Monica Padman. Liz is a Canadian journalist, author, and soundcast host. Monica is an actor, podcast producer, and co-host. You've heard her on here before when we've clipped Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. The Man Thinkers had them on to talk about women freezing their eggs. Here's how part of the conversation went. So once you freeze your eggs, where do they go exactly? What is this process? You put them in your freezer or what's going on? They do. They go into a cryo freezer. And then you pay to keep them there until you want to use them. And then there's some die off. They don't Mm. all make it through the process. Some of them, when you defrost them, die. Mm. And they pull them out with a needle. So you have to be under. And then they put a a needle in there. They suck up the eggs. Wow. Some of them don't survive. Like some of them, because again, they're they're being put a tiny little, yeah, a suck up. Post suck, when you get the eggs, (laughs) how do you know which ones are good? Do you know or do you have to wait until they're fertilized to know if it's a good embryo? Like, how do you know? They know. They tell us. They tell us how many are mature. Ah. And those are the ones they freeze. If they're immature, they don't get frozen. Okay. Let me ask you this. How much does this process cost? I know, again, personal question, but is it, but give us a number. Is it like very expensive? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us exactly though. It's way too expensive. It Mm. is expensive. It's like $10,000. Like that's like the the starting point. And then was this an emotional experience for you two? Yes. It seems like it would be. Yeah. Very much. Okay. I mean, we became like sisters because Monica was doing my shots. Like I can't stab myself. Um, And the things that is expected of a woman going Mm. through egg freezing, if men were freezing their eggs, like would you require that much responsibility from them? Because you have to mix all of the shots like mm. you're a chemist like you're right. in the meth lab and then you have to do two shots every day I had an extra shot in the mornings it's so much to remember to count there's so much that can go wrong I feel like if men could, were freezing their eggs and they were paying that much money it would come with like a therapist with like a nurse mm. with a driver you have I to go you know we driver, have to get transvaginal yeah, ultrasounds every couple Whoa. days shot like they take your blood yeah. if you have any like aversion to needles I've or pain I've passed out every time I've gotten blood God, oh, every time yeah, just yeah, down freezing like won't a log work for so you. okay yeah. and you you're think, not strong enough but that's why it's good wow, we don't have the eggs. Uh, to be told by a beautiful, talented, successful woman that I am not strong enough for this oh, is just gut wrenching. I'm sorry. That's and I'm going true. home. I'm going I'm, home to Palo tonight. My heart just sank there. And I, but Liz, you know what? I'm, I respect it, Liz, because you tell it like it is. I just want you to know going yes, in, right? Like if you have a Monica, you'll make it. But I wouldn't have made it without a Monica. Got it. Why should men care? about freezing eggs. You know, this doesn't sound like it has anything to do with me. Well, so, well you uh, don't have a partner and never will. So that's, <laughs> we don't know that. that Are you true. committed to not having a partner ever? I would love inter- one. You would. Dan is, an, is a huge narcissist. And I think that for most narcissists, their children are an extension of them. Yeah. And so they will love their children. I think you would be a great narcissistic dad. Thank you. I really do. <laughs> I really appreciate uh, yeah. that. Yeah, that would be really nice. Mm. I think narcissists make probably the best dads too, mm. because they're so focused on themselves sure. that it becomes a really good role model. 
model. Women the find women, him repulsive. Well, that's the problem. Oh, there are many of these women that are suing me currently. Right. Okay. I liked all of them. What do you like about yeah, what them? What do you like about them? I like the way they looked. I like that they were younger than me. Oh. What I really liked was that, you know, they worked for me. So I thought it would be easier to, you know, start a relationship. It's actually even why I got into podcasting in the first place. Right. It was sort of a long play to get to the. Hasn't worked know, out. I just think a lot of men. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you are. Let's say it's a first date. If I went on a first date and I was like, this is so fun. I like you so much. Mm. Um, I do want to get pregnant immediately. Oh, I my God. Wow. That. Dumped. Yeah, that's the response, <laughs> right? Right, that's right. Like, you're right. buying dinner. Get away. And that's actually okay. That's an okay response. Okay. But mm-hmm. this makes it because you're asking why should men care? Right. If I was like, actually, we can take our time. We can get to know each other. And if it's a good fit, like we don't have to rush just because I'm 35. Right. Because I have this insurance. and Right. Cool. So does that mean then that the female body can carry a baby at, at any age? It's just the eggs that are the issue in terms of fertility decreasing. Is that the general idea? It's not necessarily any okay. any age. So 40 is, again, using like specific numbers is never a great idea. Right. But over the age of 40 is a little late to freeze your eggs. Like that's probably right. going to be difficult, but you can still carry. But okay. there's just more risks, more right? Risks, yeah. Like more risk for the, the woman, women, for the baby. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. But good question. Liz, great thank question. you so much. You're building me back up. You broke me down, but now you're building me back up, and I appreciate that. Like a true that. narcissist. And I, yes, yes. It takes one to know one, so respect oh all God. the way. Good ding, 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 Liz. So, if you want to check out how guys might want to start not thinking, check out Man Thinkers, wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. That's it for the clips, but we've got a backload of folks to shout out during the Tweet Sacks segment. Hello, Tweety. Miss me? Looks like you stayed hidden during Thanksgiving. Wouldn't want someone gobbling you up or down, as the case may be. I realize that a number of folks are fleeing Twitter these days, mainly because they're not big fans of Elon Musk and the way he conducts business. Well, we're still hanging in there because it's one of the main best free ways to publicize this soundcast. If you want to Venmo us some money, maybe we'll consider jumping off the platform, but we just can't afford to right now. So... These shout-outs are to people who use that service or Instagram or SoundCloud or LinkedIn, maybe, to mention our at Succotash show handle in their socials during the past couple of weeks. Monica Hamburg, Misfit Scully, Jock Doc Podcast, SD Weber MD, Ahokamal, Baron Ezo, Hunter Block, The D-Head Factor, Phil Lairness, Let's Chat Podcast, Mama Cow Creations, that's my sister Elise, hi Elise, Steve Smith, Dom Risk, I Shake My Head with Lisa and Sam, Jeremy Culhane, Tough Drafts Podcast, Never Explain Anything, Baxter Forest Twilight, Dave in the Cave, S. Anthony Thomas, Married Crazy and Podcasting, Gord Poutine, Lauren Brenner, Different Way Games, Kyle's Benjamin, Judith Rose Schwartz, Rick Rogers, Rick Rogers, that's my old manager, hi Rick, Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast, Little Ray Gun at NFT.NFT, and you can call me Ray. If you'd like me to shout you or your soundcast out during a future TweetSack segment, just drop our at Succotash show handle into your socials, and if I see it, I'll say it on an upcoming episode.
Likewise, if you'd like us to feature a clip of your comedy soundcast, you don't have to wait for us to wade through those hundreds of thousands of shows to find you. You can make your own three to five minute clip and just upload it directly to us at Hightail.com slash lowercase u slash succotash. Hightail.com slash u slash succotash. That's going to do it for Epi 334. But if you want to hear what's coming up next, just hang around this feed until next week when Tyson Saner shows up with Epi 335 and lays it on you. Tyson's next episode actually is our Christmas present to you. And as a matter of fact, my next show will be that after Christmas great buy you get after the holidays. Have yourself a fantastic holiday season. And remember, if some jolly fat guy in a red suit with white trim should happen to pop up next to your bed one night soon and whisper in your ear, have you heard anything good lately? It just might be Santa Claus wanting to find something decent to listen to on his way back to the North Pole. So won't you please pass him some milk cookies and succotash? You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast with your host, Mark Hershaw. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Rate us and review us at Apple and Google Podcasts. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com. On Spotify. On Stitcher. On iHeartRadio. On YouTube. On SoundCloud. And wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Suckatash Show. Like us on Facebook. Email us at marc at succotashshow.com or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash Succotash. Succotash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Succotash is executive produced by Mark Hershon. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Succotash goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production. Happy Holidays.